And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck is Trump? Head to dead. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me a boom, boom. He is Jalen Rose. What up, though? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Center stage on the mic. And we putting it on wax. We're Jalen and Jacoby. It's Friday. What do we do? We give the people what they want. If the people wanted a close game on Thursday night football, they stayed up, and that's exactly what they got. The Panthers offense only managed four field goals and a safety up until the final play, but they had a chance to win the game. Fourth and one, and this is the play that they drew up. Direct snap to Christian McCaffrey. Could not pick up that half yard. Jalen, a lot of discussion about this play call. What do you think of the choice to direct snap to Christian McCaffrey and run to the outside? I think a few things. It's really hard to watch the Panthers play football and see Cam on the field when he isn't the best player. I bet this is like the first time in his life that has happened. With Mm. that being said... Anybody that plays fantasy football even will tell you. Christian McCaffrey going into yesterday's game was as sure of a bet as you ever can get in the NFL. Now, you have to give the Tampa Bay Bucks defense a lot of credit that they were up for the task, basically shutting him down all game. But I am not upset at the play call, and here's why. You give it to McCaffrey, you basically sweep him left. He has multiple chances to find a way to cut it up and at least get the first down. He chose to stretch the play to the point where not only he didn't get the first down touchdown, but ended up going out of bounds, something that you really don't want your running back to do anyway. So in hindsight, I'm pretty sure he wishes that he would have found a way to just take it up inside and try to get the first down and not necessarily focus on solely getting the touchdown. Well, there's, I completely agree with you on one thing, but I disagree with you on something else. I think the play call, it's like you've got Cam Newton, one of the biggest quarterbacks in the league, it's short yardage things, it's short yards between one and three yards. When he runs, he gets the first down 83% of the time. That's like 104 attempts. But also, I agree with you about this. Christian McCaffrey should have got that first down. He never planted his left foot and just turned up field. Not once. If you watch the play, he never just planted his left foot and got that half a yard. You're a professional running back in the NFL against a DB. Plant your left foot, put your head down, get the first down, and if if you don't get a touchdown, you still have plenty of time to get back in the end zone. Now, McCaffrey and Cam were sort of at fault here for the Panthers' offense being stifled, and they spoke about it after the game. Yeah, it's on me. Coach puts the ball in my hands at the end of the game and blew it, so it's my fault. Take that one. You know, through my lens, you know, it's hard to look defensive guys in their eyes after a game like this, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, offensively, we don't hold up our end of the bargain. I have to be better. No matter what physical condition I'm in, no matter what foot, shoulder, I ain't get the job done tonight, man, and it's, and it's frustrating. I wish I could say something other than that, but you know that's that's the facts, and you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm an extremely brutally honest person, you know, with people, and I'm extremely brutally honest with myself. 
And I got, it's time for me to look myself in the mirror and, you know, do some real soul searching because I had opportunities tonight and um, I didn't get it done. Jalen, I appreciate the accountability that Cam Newton took for his performance, but what about some accountability for that outfit? <laughs> he had the reverse Aunt Jemima look going on. And for <laughs> anybody that's ever been fortunate enough to get really dressed to where you're like going on a red carpet, an Emmys, a Grammys, or to a prom, or a, a wedding, whatever you have to get clean for. In Detroit, we used to do it for Soul Night. How can Cam, after playing 60 minutes of football, go into a locker room, as he said, he can't look the defense in the eyes, and take all of the time and energy to put that costume back on to go to the press conference? That's what I'm most impressed about. But with that being said, he kind of alluded to it after game one. I felt like it was lightweight shade when he talked about the fact that, oh, North Turner must have uh, my running back on his fantasy team because he keep feeding them and feeding them and feeding them like a <laughs> Wu-Tang song. Well, there were a couple of times throughout the game where it was fourth and short, and they relied on Cam. And Cam didn't look as explosive, Jacoby. He didn't look as elusive. There was a time when it was fourth and short and they allowed Cam. It was a receiver running wide open and he couldn't hit him. So I can't fault the call. I appreciate McCaffrey and Cam taking a level of autonomy. That's the fourth quarter, fourth and short I'm talking about right there. You got to find a way to make that block first and foremost on the line of scrimmage if you're his mm-hmm. lineman. But second, step in and make that accurate throw. So Jalen... I'm going to do the media thing and overreact. Is there serious concern, not just about the Panthers' offense, but about Cam Newton's future as a quarterback in the NFL? You're not overreacting. We did a, a season preview where we talked about what do we expect of Cam. And I said I felt like him being one of the elite quarterbacks and MVP-level player, those days have probably passed based on his lack of health and accuracy seems to both be happening at the same time. And then the team isn't doing a much of, of a favor by having such a young receiving core. Like, he doesn't have any veterans out on the outside to make plays either. So, yep. yes, he has Olsen as his tight end. So, I hope to see him be able to be that elusive guy that can still make a play even with his feet. But he looked a step slow yesterday. I'm not used to seeing Cam get taken down on fourth and short, one-on-one in space. Well, moving on to the Houston Rockets. They have done something over the summer, which has kind of gone overlooked. They locked in Eric Gordon. They've got James Harden locked up on a long deal. They've got Russell Westbrook. They traded for him. He's on a big deal. Clint Capella's on a big deal. They have their stars locked in for a window of time of two or three years at least. Well, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, was speaking to Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes about that window, and here's what he had to say. He said, quote, This is the time. I just re-signed Eric Gordon, who is 30, and I've got Russell and James and Eric and Clint Capella for the next four years. PJ is 34, and our two stars are 30. So this is our window. Let's seize the opportunity. Jalen, do you agree that it is now or never for the Rockets? It's now or never because of the fact super teams like the Golden State Warriors with four all-stars aren't happening in today's current landscape of the league. 
is dynamic duels. And it's around eight or nine of them. And when you don't have a clear-cut championship favorite, Clippers are going to be in the conversation. Lakers are going to be in the conversation. For me, as veterans, I put Houston in a different category from Denver because their best players are a lot younger. Same with Portland. Even with Utah. But for this group of players, there has to be a sense of urgency. Multiple MVPs and Harden and Russell, triple-double machines on a nightly basis. Eric Gordon knocked down three-point shooter. Clint Capella makes more three-point from the shots from the corner than anybody in the league. But is Clint Capella going to be a, a, a big-time player up front is what I need to see. And I'm not just talking about the stats. I need as, a fashion, as effective, as efficient as any big in the game because he's going to be getting fed by two of the best to ever do it in the game. That's a really good point. I feel like this this team will not just go as far as James Harden takes them, but James Harden's going to need some help. And I'm glad you brought up all the dynamic duos in the league because Kobe Bryant was asked about the best dynamic duos in the league. And here is what the Black Mamba had to say. That just it doesn't matter. I, I think it matters what they put around those two guys and then what is the offensive and defensive system that they're going to be executing. You know, you can have marquee names and put those marquee names together and kind of guess if they can play together or not. But ultimately, it comes down to what system do you have them in and how that how, how does that affect the rest of the guys? Interesting, Jalen. It's not about the duo. It's about the system and the players around that duo. We just spoke about the Rockets and Kobe Bryant famously said that the Rockets cannot win with their system. Do you agree with Kobe that it's not necessarily about those two stars in today's NBA? It's about the other elements in the equation. I love Kobe so very much, whether it's him letting us know the type of coach he is with his daughter's basketball team or doing this interview. Don't sleep on the first words that came out of his mouth. When the interviewer asked him what is the best duo in the league, his answer was, doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's when, that's when, that's when you wanted a consistent top handful of players in the game. Hey, yep. Kobe, to Ron Harper, Glenn Rice, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, right, Rick Fox, I'll promise you, if you ask them how they were able to get multiple championships, they would talk about <laughs> the great players like you and Shaq that they played with, or Tim Duncan and the, that Robert Ory got a chance to play with, or Akeem Olajuwon. The great players normally win the championship, the mm-hmm. best ones. Especially mm-hmm. if you have multiples on a team. And so we noted super teams and people started to get that term twisted. For me, that's a squad that has at least three perennial all-stars. With that Lakers team that I discussed with Shaq and Kobe, the one back to uh, three-peated, had two current perennial all-stars in Shaq and Kobe. And so the, the Spurs, to me, drafted into a super team as you see the trajectory of their players. So yep. I agree with Kobe. It is about the parts, but it starts with the anchors. It really does. I mean, it, it it's it is about the parts. It is not about the coaching. It is about the system. All those things affect your ability to win a championship. But at the end of the day, if you look at the teams that have won the last 20 championships, you might say Dirk's Mavs are kind of one of the only teams that kind of did it single-handedly, to, to use that term. And Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors, I'd say outside of those two championships in the last two decades. Pistons. 
Those are, those are all groups. Yeah, the 2004 Pistons were kind of like a collective. I mean, they had like a culture that was like the system Kobe's talking about. Well, Kobe, you mentioned, um, has been in the news lately because of his coaching tactics and calling out a young basketball player for choosing dance over basketball. And he walked it back by posting this wonderful video of him choosing dance over basketball. You see Kobe in the middle in the green. And my takeaway from this is this dude can dance. Jalen, is he a better dancer than basketball player? He's not a better dancer than basketball player, but he was rocking that ice, ice baby. He was into it. He was doing a combination of MC Hammer, which I appreciate. He had the body gyrations, <laughs> and he had the kid and play kicks going a little bit, and then he had a little heavy D in the boys. He had a little scoop love of my brother, scrap love of the other going. So I was appreciating seeing throwback Kobe doing his best dance. Uh, Jalen, you're the best. You know what? You are an excellent basketball analyst, but your dancing analyst is good, too. You should be a judge on Dancing with the Stars. We got to get you at least for one day. I'm going to write an email about that, too. I got a lot of emails I got to do. I got to update the to-do list. Let's get Jalen on Dancing with the Stars. Jalen, we have too much to get to. Let's get the people what they want. I use hotel tonight all the time. Whether I'm on the road, traveling, or whether me and my wife want to get away from the kids and just have a little staycation. The hotel tonight app, you open it up, and instead of just giving you a huge long list of all the hotel options, what they do is they partner with the best hotels. And those hotels have unsold inventory, empty rooms. Hotels don't want empty rooms. So you know what they do? With their partnership with Hotel Tonight, they offer up the best hotels at big discounts and incredible values. You can book in advance. I know it's called Hotel Tonight, but you can also book months in advance. It is the best app for getting a hotel. They filter down the very best hotels. They tell you what the atmosphere is like what the hotel is like, whether it's a small boutique hotel with good design or whether it's a large resort. They break it all down for you right there in the app. It is the best way, the best way to book hotels. Me and my wife use it when we want a staycation, get a babysitter to take care of the kids, and then me and my wife get away, watch a movie, order some room service. Hotel Tonight is the best way to book hotels. I use it all the time. Make sure you do too. Download the Hotel Tonight app to your phone. Jalen Rose. Team USA is going to be playing for, wait for it, the seventh place against Poland early Saturday morning. Jerry Colangelo said this about looking forward with the Team USA roster. He said, quote, I can only say you can't help but notice and remember who you thought you were going to war with and who didn't show up. Interesting. Remember, we are headed into an Olympic year. 2020 in Tokyo. Do you think that he will hold grudges and not field the best players he possibly can because they didn't play this year in the World Cup? Absolutely, because he feels like the people that had an opportunity to participate would have catapulted the Team USA to the point where they could be playing for the gold, if not bring it at home, versus playing for a seventh place spot. Now, they did have a couple of injuries. Tatum got injured. Kyle Kuzma got injured, and they couldn't make the three-point shot. That was a construction of the roster, and they couldn't necessarily play big constantly, and they didn't really have like a two-way guard. And I know he's probably upset at De'Aaron Fox because he basically left the day of and decided he didn't want to play. And I'm pretty sure there's a list of other players that turned on the opportunity, 
But to be frank with you, some of the people that turn down the chance won't get the chance if all of the big time players come and participate anyway. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a deal, but it is going to be a deal. Interesting. Also in China, Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr was asked by the Athletic about his approach to this upcoming season. And he said something pretty surprising. He said the following, quote, The first year we had to implement everything. That takes time. It's exciting. And that's what we're going to do with the new group. So that's really exciting. This part excites me. It's going to be much more similar to year one for my staff. Jalen, it sounds like Steve Kerr is going all the way back to the drawing board after remixing the roster of the Warriors. Do you think this is the right approach? I'm going to tell you guys this right now. Draymond Green is going to be playing like an all-NBA performer this year. He's going to lead the Warriors in rebounds. He's going to lead the Warriors in assists. For the regular season, until Clay returns, he's going to be third in scoring. Amongst the best defenders always and in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Remember, all of the change that's happened usually has yep. been up front a lot of the times. Bogut, Festus Azili, adding KD, adding Boogie, and he found a way to take a step back each time. And now all of a sudden, it's going to be back to him playing big-time basketball. And don't sleep on D'Angelo Russell. He, I'm pretty sure he wants to prove to people he wasn't just an all-star because he was playing in the East. It's going to be a lot tougher to make that happen in the West. Let's see if he can still be efficient and get buckets playing alongside Steph Curry. I mean, Steve Kerr's going to start the season without Kevin Durant and with an injured Klay Thompson, yet he says he's excited. Do you really think that he should be excited about this new Warriors roster? He definitely is excited because they're not considered championship contention but I'm going to warn people, they're going to be a 6, 7, or 8 seed before Clay returns. But let me know the 1, 2, or 3 seed is going to want to play them come mm. playoffs in the first round. That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So he's excited about seeing if he can continue to develop the players that he has. And Steph Curry, his efficiency, I expect him to be flirting with 50, 40, 90. He's going to be back in the MVP conversation. I'm excited to see who they trade D'Angelo Russell for around the trade deadline. But we move on to a team that is very close to your heart and very important to this show. The Detroit Pistons. Detroit Basketball! They have signed Joe Johnson officially from the Big Three. How do you expect Joe to impact the Pistons season? First and foremost, he's a seasoned veteran, so he knows Mm. his role. And he understands there are going to be nights that he plays more minutes than others, nights that he gets more shots than others, nights that he closes the game, nights that he won't, he'll be just fine with that. But there'll also be the time where I'm like, I saw Joe spilling my wine watching the game because he just scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. So I think that's a good signing. And I appreciate the fact that Coach Casey and the Pistons are taking on a couple of reclamation projects. Derrick Rose, though he had a good season with Minnesota, nobody was trying to give him a big-time deal. Can Michael Beasley still play quality minutes in the league? Is Andre Drummond going to go back to playing like an all-star and putting up those kind of numbers? And Blake Griffin was third-team All-NBA. So seventh seed, eighth seed, my Pistons will be parked there. And you know, 
You know that I love the big three. I watch the games. I support it. And you know, Ice Cube is a friend of the show. And here's what he tweeted, which I truly believe in. After the signing of Joe Johnson, we hope that more players will recognize the big three as the best place outside the NBA to showcase your talent. So, Jalen, there's a lot of leagues out there that players on the fringe of the NBA playing. Do you really think the big three is the best way to showcase your talent domestically? It's one of the because you mm-hmm. got to understand it's also three on three basketball. The yep. strip of Joe Johnson's game is isolation. That's why you call him ISO Joe. So this plays right into what he hopes to be able to showcase. Now, if you're a guy that likes to get out and transition and fast break, you can't necessarily show that in half-court basketball. It's one of the angles. Also, the G League is going to be another one as they start to get more popularity, better players, and guys can go from high school straight to the league. And obviously overseas, depending on what league and how much they're going to play you. I think they're all viable options. What I want to encourage people to do, though, is know as long as you continue to ball, stay disciplined and focused, you'll get an opportunity. They'll find you. Jalen, sometimes there's video and images that need to be broken down in detail. So you and I go to the table. Jalen, famously your favorite food is lobster. Grilled, well done lobster. I've seen you eat like three in a sitting. I've seen you ask, what's your biggest lobster? And just order that. Well, I'm going to show you one of the rarest lobsters on the planet. Take a look at this two-tone lobster. It is half what seems to be a very dark brown and half bright red. And it is alive. This is a one in 50 million lobster. They found it off the coast of Maine, a one in 50 million. You can catch 49 million lobsters and you will not see one of these. Jalen, if you saw the two-tone lobster, what would you do? I am all in for that. Just think about it today's landscape of sports. We loud a quarterback that can also run, a running back that can also catch. How about that reminds me of like, Deion Sanders. Okay, punt return, kick return, lockdown corner. Oh, he can catch as a receiver also. What about Bo Jackson, a guy oh. that could be uh, hit home runs in Major League Baseball but then run over Brian Bosworth at the goal line? This is a two-way lobster. A two-way okay? lobster. One of the first that we've ever oh. seen. Jaylen. We might as well – we got to come up with a nickname. After you have so eloquently celebrated this lobster, I want you to be honest and admit what you would do if someone gave you that lobster. Grilled, well done. I'm <laughs> exactly. chopping that thing up. Exactly. I'm, crack, I'm cracking and cracking and cracking into all of the small pieces. Jalen Rose, I'm not often shocked and surprised, especially when it comes to decisions that the higher-ups in the league office of the NFL make But this one did surprise me. Adam Schefter is reporting that Patriots wide receiver Antonio Brown will not be placed on the commissioner's exempt list and he will be eligible to play football on Sunday. As we discussed yesterday, I felt like the appropriate action were to say we are going to place him on the commissioner's exempt list while this investigation is ongoing. Although we know it is a civil case, the severity of the accusations are such that we're going to put him on the list until we have more information. That, to me, is how this should have been handled, especially given the long history 
that this league has had with discipline problems. And when you think about it, the Patriots have already gone out and said, we have our own investigation going, but we will do whatever the league says. We will follow the letter of the law of the league, which leads me to believe that he will actually be playing football this Sunday, something that I did not expect to see and also, frankly, do not want to see. That is how I feel about this. I just feel like this has been mishandled. This is a mistake that we will all watch in play out in Miami on this Sunday. What do you expect to happen in the next few days regarding Antonio Brown? Very serious topic, and I love the way you articulated your point very strong. And I know you hate follow-up questions, but I think this topic deserves a couple. Now, basically what you're saying is you anticipate that Roger Goodell should learn from his past when he didn't act properly, for example, in the Ray Rice case that led to him continuing to be disrespected by fans and players to the point where he's basically booed and disliked. Mm-hmm. And not only should he learn you're from all- his past, not only should he learn from his past, he should understand the optics of this. And I understand what I understand the decision. They're saying, look, this is a civil case. If we set the precedent that anyone who's involved in a civil case is going to be put on the exempt list, then it can be frivolous and it can happen all the time. And we will then be mistaken. It's not a criminal case. I get that. But here's my point. You just look at it and say, this is a case-by-case thing, and in this particular instance, we've decided to do it because the optics. Just watching him score a touchdown and do a dance and then watching that all week long over and over and over. And then if they do investigate and they find that there is just cause to put him on the exempt list, there's going to be egg on their face, not for the first time. That's what I see happening. Well, I believe if, and as you articulated, so right now it's a civil case. It could be end up being a criminal case, and we don't know what the results of either one of those cases are going to be. And like you, I understand that we're not going to presume guilt before innocence, but you have to take it to account if you're the NFL. Over the last 12 months, you've looked down at your desk, and there have been multiple things that have come across with Antonio Brown's name on them that either were anger issues, emotional issues, that now all of a sudden you're talking about that have nothing to do with football. So I'm going to ask you one more question as a Die Easy fan that grew up on the East Coast. Do you anticipate, did you anticipate or hold accountable the New England Patriots and think they're going to take some sort of moral high ground here when basically Eric Mangini exposed that they're kind of willing to do anything in order to secure victories. I think Bill Belichick's statement, and he doesn't make much of statements when he makes them, when he says, you know, we'll kind of follow whatever the, the league does. We'll follow the league. If the league puts him on the exemplist, we won't play him. And I think the subtext of that is, we're going to play that man on the football field unless you tell us that he is ineligible. And, and I don't blame the Patriots for that. I think the onus is on the league to make that decision, not the Patriots. Moving on. We do have a lot of fun in the NFL this weekend. So we have a new segment called Degenerate Fan Corner. Jalen, you and I both spend all day on Sunday, hour after hour after hour, watching football. And we are so excited about this weekend. And do you know what I have? If you happen to live in a state where you can, I don't know, wager on some of these football games, I have some advice for you. My first piece of advice, take 
the Seahawks. The Seahawks are going into Pittsburgh and they're getting three and a half points. Those Patriots without Antonio Brown last week, they beat the brakes off the Steelers. The Steelers had three points. James Conner, who I expected to perform, did not. Unless I see something from the Steelers, I'm going to assume that's the same Steelers I'm going to see in week two from week one. And the Seahawks have a good team and they're getting points. That's my first piece of advice. You're going to like my second piece of advice, Jalen Rose. Lions over Chargers. They're getting two and a half points, and I really just wanted to say that so you could give them another roar. Give it to them. <laughs> roar! <laughs> Jalen, explain to the people what type of fan I am. So this is why Degenerate Fan Corner is probably one of the best segments that we can do as it relates to a football weekend because I'm a diehard fan. Mm -hmm. The problem with that, though, I've rooted for a team that has won one playoff game (laughs) in 60 seasons. One playoff game in 60 seasons. I remember that so very vividly. It was 1991. That was the year I graduated from high school. And that is still my team. You, on the other hand, have mastered the art of fandom to the point where you're now die easy. You're one of those people that doesn't matter where he lives. Nope. You look down at their IG and Twitter, they're rooting for the Cowboys, Any Patriots, UCLA when Any Wooden team is the I coach. Want. That is their squad, the Steelers. So who's your team this week? I'm not just a year-to-year fan of different teams. I'm a week-to-week fan of different teams. And this week, my die easy pick... My die easy. I'm putting all of my heart into this team. The Indianapolis Colts. Do you know why, Jalen Rose? That man right there. Jacoby. The face of the league. Jacoby Brissett. I like what the Colts did against the Chargers. You know, it wasn't a great performance, but they got to overtime on the back in the arm of one Jacoby Brissett. And I not only expect them to win this week, Jacoby is going to be the MVP of the league. Jacoby's going to be the MVP of the league. Just remember where you heard it first. Not only will they beat the Titans this week, Jacoby Brissett will be the MVP of the NFL. And I don't really believe it, but that's why I'm a die easy fan. All I got to say to anybody that can hear my voice, if a friend of yours or somebody you see online, I don't care where they live, and you say, what's your favorite team in the NBA? And they like Lakers or Celtics. Or even the Bulls when they had MJ. And you're like, all right, cool. I accept that. So who you like in baseball? They like Yankees. And you like who you like in college football? They like Clemson or Bama. They fall into the category of bandwagon fans. I am diehard David Jacoby, as apropos suggested that he's die easy. Jalen, very quickly. Let's talk about some fantasy football because everybody plays fantasy. What's your fantasy fear of the week? Who should people be worried about? What should they should they be scared of? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love scary movies growing up. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger with the black and red sweater. It's going to be a nightmare in Florida when the New England Patriots face off against the Dolphins. 
I'm going to say something that you have never heard before. What's that? You don't want to be in Miami this Sunday because it's going <laughs> to get ugly. You saw what Lamar Jackson did to the Dolphins last week to the point where they had their players calling their agents allegedly saying they didn't want to be there anymore. Antonio Brown is from Florida playing his first game with the Patriots and Tom Brady has more weapons than ever. They're going to be the breaks off the Dolphins. I'm already putting 50 up on the board. Let's just say they're going to give 50. up 100 points in the first two weeks 50. while scoring less than 14. Jalen, someone who is certainly not a diva wide receiver, but one of the best wide receivers, a gentleman by the name of Julio Jones. And Julio Jones is really embracing the Atlanta culture. Take a look at these custom cleats on Julio. Jalen. I need those. I need those. <laughs> I need those. I need those. Very if quickly, Jalen Rose. Me circa. Very quickly, when you walk into a Waffle House, what do you tell the server? Quickly. I would like a number whatever scattered, smothered, and covered. I want my waffle well done. Well done. I want the sausage patties well done. Okay. I'll get a side of bacon well done. And I'll create a little smorgasbord. I also get change, tip everybody that's cooking and working and participating, also get money for the jukebox, put in some oldies but goodies, some throwback sound so everybody enjoys themselves. I eat really good. If you would have saw me circa 1992 or three through like 2005, I needed Julio Cleats. Because I'm telling you, I was running in and out of the spot so much that it's only right that I had those on. Jalen, it happened again. Kevin Durant replying to strangers on social media. I am so here for this. I love this. I used to not like this, and I used to kind of make fun of him for it. Now I just absolutely love it. I think I want him to spend all of his downtime just talking to strangers on the internet. And the latest was this exchange back and forth with a stranger where he was talking about being the greatest of all time and asking if he was better than LeBron. And he said this, being the GOAT isn't something that moves me. Interesting. Remember, he was chasing rings as... uh, Close to chasing rings is a fair way to put his move to the Warriors. And now he says he has no interest in being the GOAT. Soft move or boss move, not interested in being the greatest of all time. That's a boss move because the trajectory of his career, he now understands that getting in a conversation with Michael Jordan right now about basketball and who's better is unrealistic. And if you really look from who's number one in everybody's eyes versus number two. I can't think of many sports other than Serena and tennis where it's hard-pressed to find the number two. MJ has distinguished himself that much. But for KD, he now understands that that's a hypothetical thing that people with opinions are going to discuss. Well, since he's going on his third team now, to be drafted in OKC, the Perception would have put him on that path had he stayed there, won a couple of championships, a few scoring titles, that type of thing. Once he moved to the Golden State Warriors, 
for public consumption, people now took away from him the two finals MVPs because he allegedly joined their bandwagon. So now being a member of the Nets, all he got to do is win one championship with them, win just one. And I promise you, as we both live here, the town to go crazy. And that's really why will. you choose to go play basketball in Brooklyn because they're going to be behind you. Oh, they will. And Nick Saban wants the Alabama fans to be behind his team. And so much so that he gets a little upset when he notices that the student section and other fans leave a little early, especially during blowouts. So now Alabama is tracking their fans with some cell phone technology that I don't really understand and then penalizing them when it comes to prioritize the priority for buying the next game and where they're going to sit and things of that nature. Jalen, penalizing your fans and tracking them for leaving early, soft move or boss move? Boss move, because this affects my bottom line. So many times we criticize fans when they leave early. I was at the finals game when Miami fans got criticized for leaving early, okay? And time and time again, we talk about this topic. If I'm running a business and I'm holding a remote control in my hand or I'm sitting in my owner's suite or a collegiate football team play on the field, and I look around the stadium, and it's halfway through the third quarter, and it's empty, that affects my bottom line. So I understand using this technology to your benefit. See, to me, I think this is a soft move, and I'll explain why. Because those fans will be there when you need them. Those fans will be there for all the close games, all the SEC games. Those fans will be right there when you need them. You're up by 35, and there's five minutes left. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm a beat-the-traffic kind of guy. I think this is a soft move. (laughs) Moving on to a story that... We seem to cover every single day, and that is the spicy chicken sandwich at Popeye's. Popeye's has now released a statement that they're encouraging people to BYOB, not bring your own beer, bring your own bun. They're encouraging people to go to the place, buy the chicken breast, and put it between the bun that you brought from home. BYOB, soft move or boss move. I'm going to say it's the ultimate soft move. No question about it. And when you saw me draft night, I'm going to tell you the first thing you said when you saw me get up with that suit on. What did you say? What did people across the country say when they saw this kid from Detroit walk across the stage with that red and white suit? What did they say? What is he wearing? Why did he do that? Who is making these decisions? And a lot of other people said some other things that we can say off wax that probably get more referenced in rap songs. That's how I feel about this. These people have been getting so much flea publicity about this chicken. And y'all got the nerve to try to bully us now with the <laughs> bun and bring your own sides. And, like, we done talking about them now. I'm about to go make my own chicken from now on. I think we're, we're retiring this story. We will no longer discuss the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich until... They start paying us to do so. Jalen, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to pay you a compliment. I am so impressed, so impressed with all the work you do with the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy and the things that you do for the community, especially your hometown of Detroit. And not only am I recognizing this, you received a reward of recognition for your efforts. Let's take a look at some of the event there. What was it like? It was amazing being in Washington, D.C. amongst so many very notables 
a JRLA student right there, CJ to my right, that has a 3.6, who will be attending Howard. It continues to highlight the work that so many people are doing, sacrificing themselves for the betterment of their community. It was truly an honor to be there to represent the JRLA family. So, Jalen, if someone wanted to get involved and support Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, what can they do? Go to jrladetroit.com, jrladetroit.com for more information. And I also want to say is Jalen Rose really works on this school. Like Jalen Rose joins conference calls, makes trips to Detroit. I went to the school to visit. Jalen was disciplining students right in front of my face. It was amazing to see what you do, and I really appreciate everything you've done with the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. And big shout to everyone else who works at the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy as well. Jalen, I have an announcement to make. I have an announcement to make, Jalen Rose. What's that, sir? You see me in this blazer and this button-up? You look handsome today. You know what that means. You know what that means. Whenever I wear a blazer, what's that mean, Jalen Rose? That means you got some important executive meetings today. No, not going to a meeting. I'm going to make my debut as the 45th panelist in the history of the stalwart, the legendary program around the horn this afternoon. Tune in. What? Tune in. It's yes, going yes, down. Yes, it's going yes, down. Yes, is it going to be? Yes, you know, is that yes, is that show on yes. ESPN two? Is that show on ESPN News? Is that show on ESPN no, Classic? No. no. That show's on no. what, Jalen? Where's that show? That show's on the mothership, the Flag Network. I'm so happy for you, brother Tony. Reality, you're gonna be his backup. That's a beautiful thing. I'm going to be on ESPN today. But you know what? I love this show so much. You know, I hope we never blow up. I want to blow up, but at the same time, I don't want to blow up. I don't want to have to start wearing blazers, getting notes from executives. You know, like, I, I like just being just being right where we are. We're in a great spot. We are in a great spot, Jalen Rose. There's a lot to get to. Thursday night football was kind of crazy, especially at the oh, end no, no, there. No, 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 no. We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm hosting the show. No, no, no. Derail, 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 derail. Just Real. give me, just give me thirty seconds. Okay. Can somebody hit the brakes? Man, do we have? I need a board, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to get my own board where I can hit the brakes where I need to. Can somebody hit the? We don't have brakes. Man, is Reg working today? Is he here? We got Dev. Got it. Okay. So the same David Jacoby that. Gets on my case when I dress up for Get Up and Countdown. I knew this was going to come up. And complains that I don't get haircuts I knew this was gonna for come this up. program. I shouldn't have said anything. His teeth are white today. He has a haircut today. He has on a collared shirt. Guilty not a as charged. hoodie Guilty today. as charged. He has on a fresh fly fitted blazer today. Guilty as charged. Oh my goodness. I don't want to hit nothing for you charged. ever again. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. I shouldn't even say anything. I should not have even said anything. I deserve all of that. I deserve all of that. And let me just say something. Tony Reality, I got this text from a 212 number. And you don't really get text from 212 numbers. Only one of my friend has a 212 cell. That means you've been in New York for a long time if you have the 212 cell phone number. And it was just like, just like all this enthusiasm, these exclamation points. And, it, and it, I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Like, it was all this laughing and excitement. And so he called me, you magnificent son of a wondrous human. And then at the end, he wrote, this is reality, by the way. And then reality gave me a call with a full pep talk 
telling me the ins and outs, dope, the do's dope, and don'ts, dope, telling me how dope. great I am. Like, Tony Reality is everything you want Tony Reality to be. You know, some people aren't who you think they are. Some people might have yep. a public persona that doesn't match their private persona. Tony Reality is just, he's just such a mensch. He's just such a great person. Like, Tony Reality is just the best. And he's Can like, I oh, I'm sorry. Acknowledge I won't- a life skill? Yeah. That you're talking about, and it's playing out via your appearance today through Tony Reale. But I want anyone that can hear my voice to pay attention to, in theory, what you're saying. You're saying that a colleague isn't jealous of another one. Oh, no. You're saying that somebody that you work with actually wants to see you do well. Because oh, yeah. they're not threatened by the fact that if you do well, it's going to stop their shine in any way, shape, or form. No, not a, not Tony. Tony wants the best for everybody. And you know what he said to me? He's like, I said, look, when I see you today, I want to hug. Because you know you see people every day, you don't get hugs. You know what I mean? I was like, when I see you today, I want to hug. No he was like, He's like, oh, no doubt. And he's like, and I'm going to give you, you know, I'll give you some pointers. And he goes, you know what? I'm not going to be able to give you as much time as I would like to because I have um, doing a charity thing and I have some people shadowing with me. That's who Tony Reale is. That's who Tony Reale is. That's dope. You know what I mean? Just constantly giving. That's dope. Bigging me up, bringing, doing and charity stuff. He's just great. Big shout out to Tony Reale, Anthony Reale. And for those who haven't been paying attention to our movement, the first handful of years on our show, we took pride in not having guests because we wanted the audience to know if they tuned in to Jalen and Jacoby, it was authentically us. And we showed up, whatever, regardless of the platform, podcast, late ESPN news, two-hour radio, 30-minute, now an hour. And off wax, our staff, Harlan, our producer for the entire time, and Jalen and Jacoby, we constantly talk about people that we want to bring on the show in our own way to try to give them a chance to blow up and shine. And so... I appreciate that that is now happening in reverse, and I know you're going to do a great job. Man, thank you so you much, I told you you was a ghetto Bob Costas. Yeah, I mean, that's a good lane for me. You know what I mean? That's a good lane for me. Ghetto Bob Costas. I'll never be Bob Costas. He, like, smart, articulate, used big words, paid attention in school. You know what I mean? Like, like that. That's, but that's what he does. But I'll do what I can. You know, I'll do what I can. Y'all were driving the same fork in a row. Y'all were driving down the same road, doing the exact same thing, getting the exact same training, having the exact same discipline and focus. It's just that your musical selection is going to be 100% different from his. I, I, I was doing to say so. <laughs> he listens to like Tom Petty. You know what I mean? A little Neil Diamond. A little Neil Young. You know, that's I what he's into. I remember one time, I think Luda shouted him in the song. I think Luda shouted him in the song one time. Good for, good for Luda. Good for Luda. Appreciate everybody who called in. Appreciate the people of Around the Horn who allowed me to be on the program. And I'm not going to quit this show. We'll be back on Monday. Why is that coming? We're not done. We're not done. We're not I love them. What it do, baby? Asking for all prayers from the Jalen and Jacoby family. Jeannie Rose yesterday was diagnosed with a mast 
in her upper right lung. She had biopsy surgery today. I'm flying there to show support. It's going to make her a better woman. I love everybody and appreciate the support.